Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. Welcome to you today. And today we're going to continue by God's grace in our Beauty of Grace series. And I want us to spend just a brief time of review. I know it's been a while since I've been able to post up some of these. We hit the Holy Week time period, Passion Week, and I really felt impressed to interject some more Passion Series messages during that time. So I had to put a few of these other series on hold for just a brief time. But now I'm getting back into these to complete them. In the beauty of grace, we still have much more to talk about in the beauty of grace series. Praise be to God. So let's just review for just a moment. In the first lesson, we looked at the cause of grace, which the need for grace came about because of our debt of sin. In the second lesson, we looked at the cost of grace, which is Jesus' precious blood. That's what it cost. It cost God the Father his own son, and it cost Jesus his life. But they willingly paid that cost. The Father gave the Son, and the Son laid down on the cross and laid down his life for you and for me. And in the third lesson, we saw the reason is the core of grace, the heart of love, that love of God that was poured out. In the fourth lesson, we looked at the communication of grace. Now that this wonderful deed has been done and our debt has been paid, how do people find out about it? How does the world come to know this? How is grace communicated? We talked about how it's the message of grace that's preached by those who are sent, those who the Bible says has beautiful feet. And in the fifth lesson, we looked at the call of grace, The invitation, the call goes out. Jesus came on the scene and began to call people and said, follow me, follow me, an invitation. In the sixth lesson, we talked about the charge of grace. There's only one work that every single person must do to be saved, and it is to believe in Jesus with saving faith. And in that, they will turn and follow him. They are answering his call. And in lesson seven, we looked at the conception of grace. When anyone will believe in Jesus and answer his call and put their faith and their trust in him, they are born again by the spirit of the living God and given eternal life by the father of eternity. Then their sins are washed away in that moment The full ransom for their debt of sin is paid. They are made brand new and they have their name written in the Lamb's book of life, securing their eternal destiny with Jesus forever. Oh, beloved friend, this is that amazing grace that you might hear about. But is that all to this amazing grace? As if all of this was not enough, No, that's not all. That's only the beginning. We're going to learn more about the other beauties of grace that we find in the scriptures and understand what happens next and what this amazing grace means to the believer. 
So today I want to look at this topic, the cohesion of grace. What do I mean by cohesion? Cohesion, that word itself in its definition, signifies a sticking to or a glue or a sealing, S-E-A-L-I-N-G, sealing something. How could this apply to grace? I want us to turn first in our lesson today and look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 14. In him we have redemption through his blood. Speaking of Jesus here, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So in this section, we see the whole process and all that has happened when we have believed. So we see the Holy Spirit being that agent of grace in our redemption, but not only that. In the redemption, the redemption of our souls came out of the riches of God's grace. And we're looking into those in this Beauty of Grace series. And we haven't even scratched the surface yet. There's a trove of riches and treasures that we have yet to explore for all who have put their faith in Jesus obeying the charge of grace, and now have become a child of God, according to John chapter 1, verse 12. Now, because we have believed, see right here in the scriptures, he says, after you heard the word, you believed it, and you were sealed. In that same moment that you believed, you immediately became sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised, also called the promise of the Father by Jesus. I want to direct you by just mentioning these few scriptures to you. John chapter 16 speaks a lot about the Holy Spirit as Jesus is prophetically speaking about him. Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Acts chapter 2 verse 33, and Luke chapter 24 verse 49. The Holy Spirit was the promise of the Father. Notice the order in Ephesians 1 and how it connects with the work of grace that we've already studied so far. First, people hear the word. They hear it because the grace is being communicated by people. 
to one another. And those people that God's word says have beautiful feet. We talked about that. Then the person who's heard believes, obeying the charge of grace and the call of grace by believing the good news and answering the invitation Jesus gives to follow him. Then that person is sealed and given a guarantee of their coming inheritance. So I want us to look at this as we consider the cohesion of grace or the sealing of grace. The seal, the Greek word that's used, signifies a stamp for security or preservation. It can be understood to mean that. It attests by setting a mark upon or distinguishing by a mark, proving ownership. It was used to set one's own seal upon, to impress or press in with a mark of acceptance, like etching something or impressing something, imprinting it, sealing as one's own. The purpose for this sealing was to attest, prove, confirm, authenticate this as someone's possession. It placed it beyond doubt. It placed it beyond doubt as to ownership and acceptance. It authenticated. The Holy Spirit confirms that we are Jesus, that we belong to Jesus, that we are, so to speak, glued to him. We are his and he is ours. We adhere to him. We are united with him in fellowship. We are stuck together with him tightly. Paul talks about in this, about how we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and he also is our guarantee or the earnest of our inheritance. This speaks to us about money that's given in a purchase as a down payment or as a guarantee that the total amount will subsequently be paid and the total purchase will finally be brought to pass in reality in the end. Did Jesus not pay our debt in full? Oh, yes, he did. He paid our debt in full to God the Father. There are promises and payments yet promised to us that will happen in the future. Let's understand this just a little bit. For instance, in our culture, let's say you want to purchase a house. You want to buy a house to live in. And so you look for the house, you choose what you want, and then you work with with your lawyer, your realtor, whoever, to secure that house for you. And the way you secure it is you enter into a contract and you pay a guarantee. You pay an earnest money down payment. You give them, say, $1,000, $500, whatever it is, as a down payment, guaranteeing that you are intent on buying that home and that when you get to the closing, the rest of the funds you will then pay. 
And once those are paid in full, your reward is you get the keys and the deed that now says you own that house. So now you get to go and you get to paint in it if you want to paint. You get to change furniture. You get to change decor. You get to build a fence around it. You get to move into it. Whatever you want to do now with that home that you've now purchased. But you had to give a down payment. And the down payment was proof and a guarantee of your sincerity and your intent that one day soon you are going to be joined to that house in the form of your name being on the title deed and you being able then to freely have access to that home and make it your own. Now, let's understand what Paul is telling us here in a similar fashion. The Holy Spirit has now sealed us. The Holy Spirit has now sealed us and we belong to Jesus. Praise be to God. And he has given us the proof of that by sealing us. He has become that glue, so to speak, or that cohesion for us. And in doing so, he is the earnest money, so to speak, that guarantees several things for us. It guarantees that, first of all, we belong to Jesus now. We are his and he is ours. We're God's children in his family. And we now have the spirit of adoption to cry to him of a father. Praise be to God. Jesus has paid our debt in full. The Holy Spirit is given to us as earnest money, as a down payment. Because Jesus paid our debt in full, we're free, we're saved. He's washed our sins away. But we're not yet with him face to face forevermore at this time. With that day is coming and the Holy Spirit being the guarantee or the down payment secures that for us. We're glued to it. That's a promise that we can look forward to and we can be assured of because we have the earnest money for that, so to speak, in that the guarantee of our inheritance is being sealed with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is now our guarantee of that. There are other promises and payments that are yet promised to us in the Word of God to happen in the future. The Holy Spirit is the agent of grace, the down payment or deposit, providing for those things that are coming. For instance, Jesus prophesied to us in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, that he was going away, but he would, he guaranteed, I'm coming again to take you to be with me where I am. Jesus is coming to take us as his bride to be with him forever. He promised us the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, where there will be rewards that are given. Rewards are promised. The scriptures in the New Testament speak of crowns that will be received by different individuals and white robes of righteousness that are clothed on the righteous, on those who are his. I want to direct you, you can look those scriptures up in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15, 
And also you can look up in Revelation about the white robes of righteousness, Revelation 19, verse 7 and 8, for instance. And we're also promised a brand new body. We are promised to be resurrected. Read 1 Corinthians 15. And you can go back and see some of the Passion Week series that I've done on the resurrection as well. We are promised that we will also will be resurrected and our bodies will be made new and we will have a new body in heaven with the Lord. So these are just some of the promises that are yet to be seen in reality for us, but we have the Holy Spirit given as earnest money or a down payment proving our inheritance that is to come. So everything that God has promised to those who believe in Jesus, both now and in the future forever, is sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are heirs, according to the scriptures, to the inheritance that God tells us in his word belongs to those who are his, including eternal life, being with him forever, rewards, his keeping of us, his restoration and touch of us and restoring us to favor with God, a new body, the resurrection, etc. In Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it speaks of us being considered by God. God says this, that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I want us to read in Galatians the entire chapter of Galatians chapter 3, I would encourage you to read. But I want us to read Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ's, in other words, if you belong to him, having the seal of the Holy Spirit, the guarantee and the attestation and authentication that you are his, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In this chapter, he's talking about the promises that were given to Abraham. So we become heirs through faith in Jesus, the Messiah that came from Abraham. When we become Abraham's seed, we become at the same time heirs of the promises that were made. So all of the promises to Abraham and the promises for the new covenant. Abraham was given promises for the Jewish people and the Jewish nation to the land as well that do belong to them. But beloved friend, there's coming a day when all people will worship the Lord in his temple, in Jerusalem, his land before him as he sits as king the son of David on David's throne in Jerusalem. Praise be to God. So the cohesion of grace secures and attests to us that we belong to Jesus Christ. We bear his name. We are marked through the Holy Spirit in some way, perhaps with some seal on our forehead that we can't see. I don't know, but we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are sealed as Jesus' own possession. 
We are sealed and the Holy Spirit of God is given as our deposit, proving that our inheritance is secured and is guaranteed to come in the future, the fullness of it. This is the beauty of the cohesion of grace. Praise God for the beauties of grace. I pray that you can join us as we continue in this series and we learn more about this beautiful grace and amazing grace that God has and has revealed to us. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.